<laughs> yeah, that's good. Are we recording? Uh, yes. Oh, okay, perfect. So what are we going to talk about? Uh, the Civil War, right? right? Just kind of uh, what's going on today and then misconceptions that I see going and, on. And also, can we also work in the crying Nazi somewhere? Sure. Chris Nazi! Chris Cantwell. <laughs> Who's, was that that guy, the voice? <laughs> the guy from the guy? Vice documentary. Oh, I saw that he turned himself in. Did, have you seen the video of him crying? No. Oh, my God. It is so funny. Boo-hoo. After the documentary, he went online and all of his accounts were deleted from all of his social media and stuff, which I don't know if that's necessarily... I mean, I guess all these social media places are private companies and they can do what they want, but... I guess that's a different discussion, but anyways, all of his stuff was deleted, and uh, including his OkCupid okay account, <laughs> which is like a dating <laughs> okay app. OkCupid, nice. <laughs> it's OkCupid. Okay and they act- it was actually really funny because uh, wherever I heard that, they also uh, they also read his uh, profile description, like like how he described himself. And it was hilarious. Like, uh, likes going outside. Blah, 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 blah. Nothing about being a neo Nazi right, or right. a white supremacist. Right. So, if you're so well, freaking proud of your affiliation, then why don't you put it on your OKCupid okay account? I enjoy long walks on the beach and Heiling Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> Black people are the worst. <laughs> Death to all Jews and bike riding, mountain biking. <laughs> the media is run by fascists. <laughs> DM me for uh, <laughs> other information. God, that's a whole other discussion. Well, the censorship, that's a discussion. I i don't agree with censorship, no matter what. Yeah, but don't like Facebook and Google and it's YouTube and blah, blah, blah. It's a slippery slope, you know? They're not government a- entities, so, I no, mean... No, they're not. Do the same rules... They're, they're very popular platforms, but right. they are not government run if the government was banning people from speaking at uh city council meetings or something that would be a little different right you know right or the government shuts down an outlet you know yeah um i actually that would be different yeah i heard today on a on another podcast he was saying that people are starting to say that google's scrubbing some white history and he and he always calls BS on stuff, you know. But he said he started looking it up, trying to Google different stuff, and it wouldn't come up anymore. Who was saying this? Uh, it's another podcast. The one I listen to every day. Is this like when they're on a TV show and they don't want to say it's on another network, so they just say yeah, on another network? Yeah, I don't know if I could say <laughs> whatever. I just don't want to bring a name into something and have to deal with anything, you know. But we will be on Joe Rogan next week, so everybody tune into that. (laughs) I wish. And Joe, this is uh, just telling you I'm open anytime you want, man. I'll I'll hang out and talk with you. Um, I'll try to squeeze you in. (laughs) So anyways, but I don't even know if that's true, so... Um, But anyways, the crying Nazi, uh, I think his name was Chris Cantwell, and... um, he went on uh, YouTube or Facebook, I'm not sure, and he did like a 15-minute video, and he was like, our enemies will not stop, and I don't know what to do. Wow. I, I need I need help. Ooh. <laughs> and now he's going to jail. 
What's so. a modern white supremacist to do? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I it's not like I w- wish harm on anyone. I just want to wipe out all the blacks and you know. So I I didn't hardly know anything about that incident and uh I just was starting to hear stuff on you know, on the radio or whatever and quick little news blurbs or whatever. About the white power march. About the whole thing in, in Virginia. Virginia and uh and then I watched that Vice News little mini documentary yeah. or whatever that was, you know, and boy, that really shone a lot of light on what was going on. I didn't yeah. realize it was that bad. And in a lot of ways, it's getting blown out of proportion because there's not that many people doing that, you know? Yeah. I mean, how many white supremacists are there in this country? Like official register, you know what I mean? It yeah. belongs to a group. It's a pretty small number. I think there's probably a bigger number of white people that kind of just don't give a shit about minority issues, you know? Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Rather than actively wishing harm on them. But I I just chalked it up to, oh, the left's, you know, and left is a general term. I should figure out a different term for that because... It doesn't apply to everyone. Antifa? Antifa, you know, SJWs are just freaking out over something, blowing yeah. it way out of proportion, you know. Because there is a type. I mean, I knew it was, because I, well, the first thing I heard was white nationalist party was marching or demonstrating or whatever they were doing. And uh, so then I, so then I started hearing Nazi and, and white supremacist and KKK and stuff. And I thought, well, they're just blowing it out of proportion because that's usually what happens. You yeah, know? they call everybody a Nazi now. Right. So I was ignoring it. They've really. watered down the word. It was probably a week later when I saw that Vice News on it and then I actually saw what happened. And uh, yeah, that was pretty pretty disturbing. It was pretty horrific. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty disturbing. Especially that old dude who writes for the Daily Stormer in the van. Do you remember that? Yeah, he yeah. He creeped me out the most. Yeah, those guys are... That guy creeped me out the He's most. He's like the classic wh- dumbass, white trash, white oh, supremacist, yeah. you know? Yeah. And the funny, the irony of it is that they are so, so sure that they're right and everyone else is wrong and living a lie. Just like any extremist group. Well, they, and they'll use things like the Bible to back them up, you know? And they, yeah. So... I don't know. But that's been going on since the dawn of time, I'm sure. So when I first heard the part about the White Nationalist Party, I have mixed feelings about that too. <laughs> you know. Well, I'm a little I'm a little uh fuzzy on what the meaning of nationalism is. So Well, you- the dumb part about white nationalist cuz it's kind of a misnomer cuz they're saying this is a nation of white people, but it's n- it's not. But nationalism by it's itself a, is its own term, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it basically means the people that, like... Is it like America first would be a nationalist? So slogan? a nationalist movement in Europe would be like native Italians, you know, people that are, you know, are generally identified as Italians are feeling like they're freedoms are being encroached on and so they form and they march for their rights or whatever. That would be an Italian nationalist movement or something like that. So the white nationalist movement is, well, I guess it is inherently 
crappy because they think, well, if you're American, you're white, you know? Yeah, you don't have to dig real deep to find problems with that. Uh, no, no. Yeah. Um, now, I think any any person or any uh, ethnicity has a right to be concerned about issues for them, you know? Yeah. Um, but this whole generalization, like, and... I don't know. Say I have a problem with something, which I've have I've experienced some things in my life where I felt like I was discriminated discriminated against just because I'm white. And I can give you examples. It's not impossible. But um but I'm not mad at other groups for that. Right. Like, okay, so I was dead broke paying child support and I tried to get um I tried to get some assistance. So I called mm-hmm. into the local DSHS office and talked to the lady there and she told me um you know she asked me how much i made and stuff and i told her and then she and then she asked me what my race was and i said white and she laughed at me and told me i couldn't get benefits because i was a tell, white could you tell by her, was a white man could you tell by her voice what race she was uh, tell me tell me you couldn't i bet you could <laughs> i don't i don't remember I honestly don't remember. Gosh, that was uh, 15 years ago. Was she like, oh, hey, everybody in this cracker trying to get some money over here? Yeah. <laughs> we got <laughs> another one. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, this crazy honky. <laughs> so I certainly, you know, I could get mad. Well, ignorantly, I could get mad at other groups because I was turned down because of my color. Yeah. But you know what? That's a government policy. That's the government. I'm not mad at, you know, a Cambodian over that or a, Right. Like say the lady had been black. or an African American or anything. Yeah. That's not, you know, You wouldn't be like the black government is suppressing white people or right. anything like that. That's just like that's so easy to make those general Well, and it is a policy that my, you know, minorities get welfare easier than a white male you know that's just that's how it is but that's the government that's not i don't know if that's written down anywhere that's pretty much i don't know if that's written down but the lady laughed at me man (laughs) i don't know i don't know i don't know i've known lots of other actual policy I've, i've known lots of other white males that couldn't get any assistance on anything you know yeah i mean look on when you see a bum on a street corner at least around here it's usually a white male they don't get assistance for stuff, especially, you know, single fathers. They don't get nothing. Isn't it just that there's like a lot of white people around here, though? So the people on the street are probably going to be white. Well, isn't that possible? Yeah, that's very, very possible. <laughs> I mean, when I see when I look over at the car next to me, it's usually a white guy, too. Unless I'm in Seattle, there's a lot of. Yep. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, it just that's where the the whole white nationalist thing just falls apart immediately, you know, because to put if if you're out there saying we need our rights in which, you know, there's legitimate concerns there. But the problem is it's and it's it's such a an image thing, you know, a white a white national, you know. Black Lives Matter or whatever, no one 
you know, people obviously have the problems with those groups and there are problems with those groups, but no one faults a black person for sticking up for black people. You know, as soon as you stick up for white, a white group, holy shit, you're a white nationalist, you're a white supremacist, you know, you're racist. Well, the thing is with those white groups, man, is that they try to put up a, um, let me think of an example, like, okay, there's this other Vice documentary, an older one, about this guy who was on this college campus who started the White Student Union because they had a black student union, and he wanted to make a point that you shouldn't have the privilege of having your own union based on race and have other groups be unable to do the exact same thing. And uh, in the documentary, he was very reasonable, and that's pretty much all, That that's pretty much the only point he wanted to make. And then I saw him on the Charlottesville documentary, and all of a sudden, he doesn't know he's being recorded, and he starts, it's the same guy, and he starts going on about the Jews, this, the Jews. So I think people are just very wary of white groups, because it you don't have to wait very long for them to... Uh, start getting all crazy, and a lot of them. No, no, a lot of them have an undercurrent of like the Jew media, this and that. But blah, I definitely blah. don't fault anyone for having a problem with it. You know, that's yeah. There's obvious reasons why. You know, I've yet to, uh, I've yet to see an organization that uh, stands up for uh, white people that doesn't have like a creepy undertone of you know white supremacy and, and, or <laughs> and I, I don't think it's believe, been done yet i actually believe you shouldn't stick up for one group you should stick up for all groups we should yeah. all be have the same liberty and same rights and whatever. i mean if yeah because if we ever do get to a point where there is like world peace and rainbows and unicorns it's we're not this race is never going to be something we even talk about i think uh we're going through growing pains because of uh our history we're just still not, our country just still hasn't healed from everything that's happened yet. No, not at all. I don't and know how long it's going to take, but there's still hard feelings. Well, there's so much mis, like the average person that I, and I am, I am no expert by any means, but I feel like I know way more about facts about the Civil War, just, just through absorption and books I've read and stuff like that. Um than the average American, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, from what I see, most people think, like, la-di-da, we were a country, and we had slaves, African-American slaves, and Lincoln decided that was wrong, and he freed the slaves when the South didn't like that, so they they wanted to keep slavery, so they seceded. Well, there is some and truth And everyone in the South had That's slaves, the- and they beat the shit out of their slaves all the time, and everyone in the South was racist, and they were wrong, and they were treasonous. That's what everyone... That's the vibe I get that everyone thinks, you know? Well, I mean, what I read was that at the start of the Civil War, Lincoln said that he wasn't going to abolish slavery, or not at the start of the Civil War, when he was first elected, but... uh the southern states were skeptical about that for whatever reason, and uh, he didn't receive he he didn't win a single state in the South. So I think that's what started the tension: is that when he was elected, it was without a single southern state 
he didn't win the electoral college for a single one of them. Well, it was it was in the air. You know, there was talk about it. So it's yeah. like, so I think automatically they were already pissed off. Like what? Like they probably felt like, well, our vote doesn't count. They were automatically, you know. yeah, they were angry over that. And there was also a lot of uh, trade stuff going on, some tariffs and stuff the North had was putting on the South. Yeah. And stuff like that. Um, so they had grievances there. And, and, and just the fact that we call it a civil war is a total misnomer. It was not a civil war. It was a secession. The South well, seceded. Well, they wanted to secede. And they were told no. Right. So, but they had every constitutional right to secede. So you think that history should say that not that they were treasonous, but that they did secede, and then they were secessionists. Right. The um. So, well, if you're going to call them treasonous, do we call the U.S. treasonous because we seceded from Britain? Yeah, that's true. So that's totally fine, but. You know the South. But what secede. was the South's reason for wanting to secede? All of those reasons: taxes, what? tariffs, slavery, all of it. States' rights. They felt the federal government was pushing too hard. Right. And uh, which I agree, they were. I mean, and let me preface all of this with: slavery is absolutely abhorrent, and I will never defend slavery i'm one million percent against slavery i will never defend that i'm not no so <laughs> you you lived hard <laughs> so i don't want anything i say to be misconstrued to think that you know whatever so um so anyway they so you're s- against slavery are you sure about that i you fascist i'm pretty much a, yeah i'm i'm against it you yeah. fascist so Charlottesville called. They want to know when you're showing up with your, <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to bring the hooded robes. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, people, just, it's just, my point is it's slavery was obviously part of the war. And, but I mean, the slit abolishment didn't happen until three years into the war. So while the North and South were fighting, there were Northern slave owners including Grant, the general for the Union Army. Really? Grant was a slave owner? Yep. When? Yep. At the time of the Civil War? Yep. He was a slave owner. Really? And um, there were tons, actually there were plenty of anti-abolitionists in the North. And uh, Lincoln freed the slaves, rightfully so, but he freed the slaves as a political move. And um, I, I sent you a clip earlier from an article I read about what it said about him doing that or the the reasons behind the emancipation, and it was all political. You know, he actually, he thought blacks were superior to, or uh, inferior to whites, and he, he didn't even want them here. He wanted to ship them away to South America to plantations down there and just get rid of the problem altogether. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but I hear what you say. I, like I've never heard that before. But. Yeah, there's there's uh, memos and letters that he wrote to other officials, and that's that's what he discussed. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, and again, I am 100 percent against slavery. Uh, Are I, you? Are you? Emancipation had to happen. You it son was of inevitable. A bitch. <laughs> it, it was inevitable. It had to happen. 
Um, so anyways, my point basically is that it's all, it's not as black and white as it's made out to be, you know, and you can't fault the, <laughs> we've got a bee buzzing around. Can't fault the- He wants the, to uh, hear, we have our first fan. <laughs> he's going to sting me because he thinks I'm for slavery now or something. <laughs> <laughs> Evergreen State College sent some no, bees over here. No, that's not what I'm saying, bee. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, You're taking it out of context. <laughs> so, so this whole tearing down statues and stuff like that, and it's just, it's mostly out of ignorance, you know, and misplaced anger, you know, in my opinion. But you can't, how how can you blame people? Because, I mean, what do you learn in school? You don't, you only learn a few days of the Civil War, you know, you can't nah, cover yeah. it all. For some reason, every year, they'd be like, uh, when I was in school, starting in like the fifth grade, once a year, the teachers would go, okay, guys, we're going to talk about something really serious. It's called the Holocaust. And I'd always be like, here we go again right. about the effing holocaust <laughs> <Tune out. laughs> as if it's some new thing so i know everything you could possibly know about world war ii and the holocaust but yes uh the civil war i think that was just like sixth grade we glossed over it or something like that i remember it in high school but i don't remember learning much yeah same uh, and i'm not saying that the uh the south was uh, uh was right <laughs> so, to do anything. I'm just saying that uh, there's a lot of historical figures like uh, Gandhi, for example, who had some pretty horrendous beliefs about black people. And that's a recorded fact. Like, I've read quotes of his about, you know, they had some word. I can't remember what the word was, but, in you know, they had some word for black people that was the Indian equivalent to the N-word. It starts with a K. can't remember really? what it is, but he said the the K word... The K words are, <coughs> no doubt about it, they're inferior and da da da, and uh, it's unfortunate but true or something I like didn't, that. I never heard that. Mm-hmm. And he had some stuff about women too. Poor, I think I might have just swallowed that B. Poor black. <laughs> nice, that'll wake you up. Poor, <laughs> poor black people. I mean, they get it from all fronts. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, they just can't catch a break. Um, so, um, I've heard different statistics. I've read um, the percentage of slave ownership in the South, and I've never read the percentage on slave ownership in the in the North. But anyhow, I've heard people. I've heard the percentage three percent said by a lot of people, like three percent of Southerners own slaves. But I've read as high as fourteen percent. Yeah. So, I read that I so read even at fourteen percent at the high end, that's not that's a low percentage of the whole yeah, South. I also you know? heard a figure around three percent, but that was for people actually fighting for the Confederacy. Three percent of soldiers that for the Confederacy slaves. were actual slave owners, so the other Okay, maybe that's where the three percent the majority of them were, I would assume, probably just uh and fourteen percent might might be of all southern states, fourteen percent of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even before the war or whatever. You know, I yeah. don't know for sure. But so, so let's say fourteen percent is the. We'll go with the high number. It's still a pretty low percentage, and actually, yeah. Come on, guys. The South wasn't that bad. Is, um, that, what you're is that where you're going? No, with but this? <laughs> but there were four. Let's see here. This total Confederate casualties were four hundred eighty-three thousand and twenty-six men. 
So you mean to tell me? Oh, really? Because I was, read that like uh, if there was only fourteen percent slave owners in the South, four hundred eighty-three thousand men gave their lives for fourteen percent. Well, there was like seven hundred thousand total, so that would mean like six hundred two hundred thousand died, you know, fighting for the North. There's six hundred forty-two thousand Union casualties, so there's over a million that died. What do you... Uh, this is including people that died from disease and stuff related to the war. Like, they didn't get killed in combat, but they got wounds or whatever, and then they ended up dying. I'm trying to find the name of the battle. I think it was like Fort Sumter or something like that that started the Civil War. Yeah. Harper's Ferry and Fort Sumter. I haven't heard of Harp... What is it? Harper's Ferry? Harper's Ferry was in Texas, and it... I can't remember what the story was there. Hold on. Oh, I know what it was. There was a band of, it wasn't in Texas, it was in Virginia. There was a band of 21 abolitionists who seized the federal arsenal at Harper's Ferry in Virginia in 1859, hoping to incite a slave rebellion. So basically there was some abolitionists that rallied some slaves and were trying to, you know, get a rebellion going yeah um i read that the first attack was of course by the south on fort sumter it says fort sumter was located in the middle of the harbor of charleston south carolina where the u.s forts garrison had withdrawn to avoid incidents with local militias in the streets of the city um jefferson davis ordered surrender of the fort um Basically, the uh, the Confederacy attacked Fort Sumter, and that made people in the North angry. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of like what kicked it off, basically. I don't know who, uh, who this guy is uh, who attacked it. it. Says Jefferson Davis ordered the surrender. But I don't know who led the uh, the attack. Like, if it was just some Joe Schmo who just didn't like the North, or if it was like official Confederate uh, leadership. I that don't know. The yeah, attack. if they were yeah. formed as an official army. By because they're yeah, like even even now you have all these groups that uh, I could see doing something like that to this day, and it's like it could just be a few crazy people. Like I, I don't know if that was actually. Um, like a Confederate, something that was sanctioned by the Confederacy. Yeah, I don't remember all the details of that. But, but again, my main point was we that never said we were smart. People, <laughs> people are just so like ignorant to the facts, and and it's like it's like a talking point. It's a way to direct whatever angst is going on, and uh, but again, you know, there were plenty of slave owners in the North including George, George Washington was a slave owner. He had a, over 130 slaves. Yeah, we We know. live in a state that's named after him. <laughs> He's on our dollar bill. He's on every state highway sign in the state. But we're he gets a pass. We're not yeah. angry about him. We're not tearing down monuments of him. So it's like, which racist slave owner are we okay with and which ones are we not? Well, I mean, it's a little different. I mean, you have people from the South who were uh, fighting 
a battle in which if they had won, slavery would have continued to be legal in the United States. I mean, uh, whether or not that was their primary uh, thing they were fighting for, if they had won, it would have remained legal for some time. Yeah, and who knows how long. And George Washington was uh, before that time, and uh, it wasn't right. It but wasn't again, any, it wasn't any less ugly. But but again, Lincoln freed the slaves as a political move. So say they, but he still freed the slaves. Say they, <laughs> well, say <laughs> how they, much does it matter? Say they called off the war after the before that happened. Would would Lincoln have done it? Probably. I don't know. But I think that you know, the slaves would have been set free eventually in the South too. You know, and I'd like to think. It, it, it was inevitable. Yeah. You can't enslave people forever. Yeah. But you got to remember the whole history of the world to that point was all about slavery. Every civilization in the on the planet had slaves. Nothing would have got done without them. Right. Nothing and that white people take credit for would have been able to get done. So, and it's, you know, again, slavery is absolutely wrong and abhorrent, but it's like... I I view those people, North and South or whatever, people of history as they were more ignorant than we are today. They weren't as enlightened as we are today. Right. So it's like getting mad at your at a six year old for not getting something. You know. Yeah. They're not there yet. But I think the know? difference between, uh, like I said, I think the difference between George Washington and uh, all these men who have have their own Confederate statues is. George Washington uh, started this country and founded this country, and uh, he was alive before the debate about slavery even began. And again, it doesn't no, make slavery that's not less true. ugly. That's not true. Well, there wasn't a war because of it. <laughs> that's not true around. at all, actually. Um, Wh- which part's not true? There was discussion about emancipation of slaves at the time of George Washington. Absolutely. The Shakers and... Uh, and a bunch of other groups called for George Washington to emancipate the slaves. Oh, really? Who are and, the Shakers? Uh, when when they, he was first elected president, it was a religious group. Oh, really? Um, and they were oh, religious people on the right side of history. Look and they that. were absolutely against slavery. Well, the Shakers and the Quakers—they were actually, they're. I have heard good things about the Quakers back in the day. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I, did, I have heard they did they're some like good the Amish. stuff. I, I respect the Amish. Deeply. Oh, I love the Amish. Um, they had some, you know, they believed in some pretty good stuff. Um, so anyhow, they there was calls for George Washington to free the slaves, and he refused. Yeah, of course he did. And because uh, he had over 130 of them, you know. Yeah, he, he was going to make he had plantations himself. And uh, no, whether or not he beat them every day or treated them bad, but enslavement, no matter what's bad. But I don't yeah. know. But um, so. Again, like, so he gets a pass. He's fine, you know? And then I just think we don't even talk about his slave ownership. Like, if you talk about anyone before the war, it's always Thomas Jefferson. They always bring up Thomas Jefferson. Well, you know. I just still think it's a little different. George Washington is a little different than a Confederate general. It's not, it's a false equivalency, I think. How so? Because, uh, George Washington was a secessionist. why, Why have a statue of. I could see a reason to have a statue of George Washington. I can't necessarily see a reason to have a statue. I, I, here's what I would say. I think you could make an argument that a statue of George Washington shouldn't be in public area. 
if you really wanted to, similar to uh, Confederate generals. I could see as a black person or, uh, well, not just as a black person, just as a human being, how well, the you could I'd, be offended by a statue of George Washington. In the I would of, agree that if if the discussion was let's, they shouldn't be on public property or yeah. in front of a courthouse or on an old slave trading site, something mm-hmm. like that. I could, I could agree with those arguments and maybe the solution would be to move them to a, a designated area, like mm-hmm. a museum historical site area. Mm-hmm. And the people could come and learn about, learn the truth about the civil war, good mm-hmm. and bad, you know, um, was well, not much good, but you know what I mean? Um, I would I would think that would be, I would be totally fine with that. But to erase history, that's just never good in any instance. Well, you're not erasing history by not having a statue on display in the public. That's I mean, that's like saying you can't take down a a statue of uh, well, st- uh I'm uh That's like saying we have to take down the stat we can't take down the statue of Mao Zedong otherwise it's erasing history. Like that's not that's not true. I don't think it erases history to take down a statue. Mm, right. Well, but um, when you want to learn about history, you look. You don't look at statues. You look at books, or you go online and you read the truth on info right, wars. Right. But there are. Well, see, I'm from the <laughs> South, and Southerners take yeah deep I, pride in, in I, the Confederacy. I, I was going to say not to interrupt, but as someone for, who's from the South, I think uh, a lot of people. I don't understand why. Uh, what What do the statues mean to the people who are protesting their removal? Why does it Why does it matter so much to them? It's It was. Uh, it's a symbol of rebellion. It's a symbol of fighting against a tyrannical government. But was the North really tyrannical? I I I think so. They're as ever so? bit as tyrannical as they are today. How so? They were aggressing on the states they were taking away states rights we're supposed to be a republic of states you know the federal government was supposed to have very very little power over the states it was was supposed to be more of a management they weren't supposed to be imposing laws on individual states whatsoever so what would constitute uh what kind of give me an example of a law that a state could enact where you feel that the federal government should say no you can't do that None. I mean, if California said child prostitution is going to be legal here, you don't think that uh, Trump should be like, uh, and Jeff Sessions should do something about that? And the way the system is now... Just to water down the argument to the easiest... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they wanted states' rights to slavery, so... But again, slavery was still legal three years into the Civil War. There were still northern slaveholders three years into the Civil War. That might be true. I don't, I don't know. I haven't read that. But, I mean, the fact is slavery was abolished when the North won. Right. Absolutely. So that does seem odd that they would continue to hold slaves and claim to be against it at the same time. At the same time, right? That while there were abolitionists in the it North, and they were non-abolitionists, doesn't sound as it doesn't sound impossible. Um, and there were abolitionists in the South for sure. I mean, again, this number, four hundred eighty or whatever thousand people, 
gave their lives against something they didn't even, you know, they weren't even slaveholders. Yeah. There's more to it than just the slavery. That happens in every war, though, man. You get a bunch of people who really don't give a shit about it fighting. They were loyal to their states and loyal to their their people. Mm-hmm. And and so that, that's, again, why some people revere the statues. That's yeah, They I were mean, brave men. That You can't deny that. I can certainly see being in the being a farmer in 1861 down in texas and hearing there's a war you're not gonna go i don't want to participate in this guys i uh i object to slavery you're gonna be like okay well i'm in the south so texas seceded first but yeah (laughs) but also think about i think they still want to secede actually (laughs) but there was very little like information traveled slow i mean you didn't have you can look shit up on facebook you know and figure out what's going on we like you wouldn't see a post going oh look the there's a civil war going on you know it was guys the civil war is trending <laughs> or i mean we we're we know minute by minute what the federal government's doing now yeah but you're hearing stuff from you know months months riding in a horse and wagon to get to where these orders mm. are coming from and some some guy in the northern far off lands telling you how to live your life and how to run your state and how to grow your crops and how to and by the way you're going to be taxed for this and blah blah, blah. i mean you got to think of that mindset too and we're supposed to come to this country and we broke away from england to be free we were the greatest freedom project ever free to enslave others free to <laughs> right okay. well that doesn't quite make sense no it doesn't but again <laughs> there's slaveholders in the north you know that's just how it was i mean again it's not right but that's just how it was yeah and um so anyway so that's got a lot to do with why you would defend your your state and and it was more like I would see it as more like um, the air was probably more like Europe, how there's small countries all in one mm-hmm. and everyone identified with their country. Well, that's kind of how the states were. They identified with their state and they were the states were more separate than, than they are now. You know what I mean? As far as laws and beliefs or whatever, they all had their own powers within the state, which they don't really have now. Yeah. Especially after the war, the 14th Amendment stripped away even more states' rights. What's the 14th Amendment? Uh, it's the, I don't remember all the details of it, but it basically stripped away a lot of states' rights. It was right after the war it was enacted. Well, yeah, I mean, the victors were in power, so they were probably trying to make sure that this didn't happen again. Right. Yeah. So, so anyways... We'll never get to a conclusion whether what is right and what is wrong, which obviously there's a lot of wrong. Um, well, I mean, but you, you just, do hear a lot of people from the South who are also ignorant of history and who say that, uh, you know, uh, the Civil War had nothing to do with slavery, which is also an exaggeration. There are people, yes, there are people on that end too. Yes. They'll sugarcoat everything too. and then there are people who will say that every confederate general is satan himself right uh and they don't know anything about the history mm-hmm. of that individual person it's just i mean you can see why somebody would assume that a confederate general might not have a problem whipping a black person right absolutely <laughs> uh because that's that's the whole image of it you yeah know, and it's 
and is that's there not truth just in pub- that image that's of it? Of course pub- there's truth in it, but... That's not just public school. That's movies. That's Hollywood. That's oh, everything. Right. Absolutely. That's books. I mean... Um, but just... I feel like it would be easier to heal from and move past it if people knew more about it instead of just reaction to yeah. to little information. It's the ignorance. Like, and how we... How are we going to heal without truth, you know? Why do you think that uh, white supremacists carry uh, the rebel Confederate flag around? Why do you, do you think they just do that to troll black people? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly why they do it. Yeah. But you can find just as many pictures of them holding the stars and stripes. Yeah. You can find just as many pictures of them with swastikas. Mm Mm-hmm. No one talks about the stars and stripes they carry. No one wants to ban that flag. Now, uh, it's interesting because uh, yesterday there was somebody who was saying that there was a... uh, Somebody was saying that Robert E. Lee uh, was a ruthless slave owner who uh, there was like a story about this slave who tried to run away and there was a particularly vicious punishment and you had said that that's just false he was not a slave owner he did not own any slaves his wife's family did and when um he's he's kind of mixed on it like he's there's plenty of evidence of through letters that he wrote to various people including his wife about being against slavery but he kind of condoned it because it was already legal you know what i mean yeah and some of it was following orders and some of it looks like it wasn't so he's he's not the devil he's made out to be but he's definitely not a saint yeah in it um he actually was against the secession and he was from virginia and uh he he voted against seceding but since you know Virginia decided to secede. He stayed loyal to a state, and that's the only reason he fought for the South, because he was loyal to Virginia. He was actually a Union officer before that. He fought in the Mexican-American War um, under the Union Army, and he went to West Point. He was he's revered as one of the best West Point students that ever existed. And well, yeah, by like all that. accounts, he's uh, considered a brilliant military tactician. So, I mean. I mean, was he on the wrong side of history as far as that? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, there's some truth to that, but there's some. Like, he didn't have any slaves. And, and it, like I said, his wife's estate had slaves, and when her father died, she was actually George Washington's granddaughter, by the way. His oh, wife. really? Yeah. Um, so, anyhow, when his her father died, Custis, I think, was the name. Um, he had it in his will that all his slaves would be freed five years after his death. And, um, and it, he had a giant plantation. So why five years? I don't know. So they can finish the it's job or so something. Silly. Yeah. Phase yeah. them out. I don't know. It's, so it's a silly. riddle. <laughs> so arbitrary and silly <laughs> and terrible, but all in one. But anyway, so he took over to, as the executor of the will because it was hard for the family to do. So he tried to run the plantation and be a general and everything, and it just didn't work out. Um, but they actually, his wife's mother, 
um, and his wife ended up sending all those slaves to Liberia so they could go over there and be free or whatever. I hear Liberia is nice. I don't know. No, no. I'm just kidding. I've I don't know anything Liberia. about it. It doesn't sound very nice. Do you know what Liberia is? <laughs> no. It's a country. It was freed slaves went back to Africa and started their own country. Oh, really? That's why it's called Liberia for Liberty. Liberty. Is it still Liberia. Uh, Liberia today? Yep. Yeah. I, but I, like I said I don't know much about it. I, it's a, I think it's a third world country, basically. You know. Mm-hmm. But the idea of it sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, try to go back and find their, to their native land sort of yeah. you know africa is obviously a big continent so mm-hmm. they weren't all from that general area but you know what i mean oh man those poor people though like that wouldn't be much of a society because none of them would have any education or money or anything oh that's You're another thing from square one that's another thing um lee and his and his in-laws basically started a, a black school on the plantation and they were educating their slaves Again, they're still slaves. Like which fork goes in which which, which side of the plate? They're teaching them how to read and stuff. (laughs) And that was actually illegal. Oh, really? And, you know, this was before the war, so it was illegal under the Union Army, you know, under the Union. But it was illegal to have a school for blacks. But he was also pretty much like the leader of the Union after um, Jefferson Davis, right? What do you mean? Uh, Robert E. Lee was the... Main was I think he was like the second most uh, general in the uh, commanding the Confederate Army, wasn't he? Oh yeah, after oh, yeah. Jefferson Davis. Yeah, he was a general. Jefferson yeah. Davis was the president. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, but yeah. So so he kind of made the rules too. Again, he is not a saint whatsoever yeah. on it, but he's not the devil he's made out to be. Mm-hmm. And it's just. I don't know. And it's so hard for us to wrap our brains around just the idea that you own someone. That's just, yeah, I wouldn't. And again, the percentage of ownership was way lower than people think it was, but God, I just couldn't imagine. So if you were sitting face to face with some hysterical person who wanted all statues removed, commemorating anyone who fought for the Confederacy, what would you say to them? Uh, geez, that, that'd be hard to say because who knows if they would even be up for a rational discussion about yeah, it. If they were. If they were, if you could actually sit down and have a decent conversation with Which them. Which they probably wouldn't be, but yeah. Right, right. Uh, I would say probably uh, what I said earlier, you know, as a compromise, why don't we designate this to a museum, you know? Mm. And because it belongs in history, you should never cover history. So you wouldn't just fervently insist on keeping it up in public spaces. No. No, I wouldn't. I I think that's a solid argument that they shouldn't be in front of courthouses and stuff, like I said. Interesting. I, do I have a problem with them being there? I don't, really. But if other people do, yeah, then let's, let's make that's some compromises. You fair. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wasn't really expecting you to say that. Well, I mean, I don't know. I just... It obviously is offensive to some people, and whether or not their offense is what would you say rooted in truth fully, they're still offended by it, and we should still listen to other people's feelings. Yeah, you know, as long as their feelings are rooted in reality, right? That's I mean, that's why we don't listen to uh, 
Well, and I kind of see it as in a, it's kind of like the pendulum, you know, the pendulum between, you know, every election cycle, it goes from left to right, left or swings wider and wider. Well, there's this, I also see this pendulum kind of with civil rights or whatever, swinging mm-hmm. left to right. Um, like I said, when I got turned down for benefits, you know, this, the pendulum is swung towards minorities, obviously, in, mm-hmm. in those areas. I mean, do they have grievances? Absolutely. I'm not going to act like, mm-hmm. you know, they have nothing to bitch about. I'll, I will never say that, you know. Is there racism in this country? Sure there is. There always has been. And, you know, who knows? It might always be. Um, do they suffer it in social arenas or systematically, you know, economic status, stuff like that? Yeah, sure. But why would they be marching the streets if they didn't? Jeez, you sound like Hillary Clinton you right now. You know what now. I mean? <laughs> um, but the problem is, is it's the extremism. There's no rational yeah. discussion over it. And this, and a lot of stuff is, is exaggerated because it's based on false facts, you know, mm-hmm. stuff that's not like, like gender pay gap, stuff like that. There's studies that show that a lot of stuff isn't factual. Well, just like women in tech, like a lot of women just aren't interested in tech. It doesn't right. mean that women can't get into tech. No one's arguing over the pay gap between women who are workers and men who are workers. It's kind of funny. What? <laughs> it's always women in tech. There's not enough women here. There's not enough women there. But no one says there's not enough women garbage truck drivers. There's not oh, enough women yeah. <laughs> sewage workers, you know? Uh, it's not fair. There's no way for that a always, woman. It always cracks me up. There's no way for a woman to become a bouncer at a nightclub. It's just not fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, um, I forgot where we were going with that. But uh, so <laughs> I actually I kind of want to play a little video here. Oh, OK. And I want you to listen to this. And this goes along with when I said that um, I didn't get benefit. I was turned down for benefits or whatever. The lady laughed at me. This goes right along with that. And again, I'm not a white nationalist. And I do not think that I am superior to anyone else. You don't. Are you sure? Are you sure about that? I disavow. <laughs> <laughs> so, but this is very interesting. This is a a black uh, professor author, and they're talking about a book she wrote back in like two thousand, I think. Okay, something like that about the alt right and the what the rise of the alt right, basically. So, listen to it. It's pretty interesting. Behind it, my next guest, political science and uh, law professor, and the author of the new white nationalism in America, prophesied the rise of the alt right. 15 years ago in 2002. Dr. Carol Swain joins me now. Good evening, doctor. Good evening. Is that All Judge right. Janine? Well, doctor, I was reading about your your, your uh, prophecy, so. basically, that the alt-right would uh, On Fox News? begin a, an even bigger development after the turn of the century. Don't listen to her. Listen to what the author. <laughs> to this conclusion? Well, first of all, I would like to make it clear to everyone that's viewing that what I saw in 2000 was published in 2002. This rise of the new white nationalism, that occurred long before the election of President Trump. And I called it new to distinguish it from white supremacy because it was the people who were being involved were more intellectual. They were not espousing racial violence or using epithets, 
but they had grievances. They were upset about multiculturalism, about affirmative action. They felt that white people's rights were being trampled and that there were no one speaking up and listening to their grievances. And so at the time when they were really stressing the racial double standards, I saw the potential for the argument to resonate among young people. So my book was written as a warning. I saw conditions converging that I knew that the movement would grow unless we started addressing the issues. All right, so let me see if I understand this, Dr. Swain. What you're saying is the rise of the alt-right is not the same as uh, white supremacists. Now, right, yes, that, exa that is exactly what I'm saying. But, but the, the, the alt-right that you predicted would increase is doing so because of this multiculturalism and the fact that the whites don't feel like they can be part of it? What, what, is, what are you saying? I'm saying that white people have grievances and they've had them for a long time. And so back when I started working on the research for the new white nationalism, I saw that there were conditions that were converging to create a devil's brew for racial unrest. And what happened in Charlottesville, and I'd like to say that Virginia is my home state, I think we're going to have more of that unless we start having honest dialogue about this. And it's not like one side is all guilty. What happened was tragic, but there's a lot of anger and frustration and fear and the white community, we know that they have their own problems. Charles Murray has written about their uh, problems. Uh, Nicholas Ebenstadt. All right, but, but doctor, I mean, it, right now, I mean, we all abhor, detest any kind of violence based upon yes. hate. And yes. hate does ultimately lead to violence. Now, but are, aren't we talking about the extreme right and the extreme anti-far left? And in fact, let me say one thing, doctor. What we do know is that the one person who's dead uh, appears to be dead and nine others injured as a result of, we believe, a white nationalist. But there are an additional 11 people at least in, who are being treated in hospitals that were, that may have been injured in the fight between the Antifa and the white nationalists. Yes, and, and what I would say is that they're using white supremacy and white nationalists as terms to encompass everyone. Right. The movement that I studied were people who were more intellectual. They were not espousing violence. They were not using racial epithets. In fact, they were using social science data, FBI statistics, and science to make a case. And they were saying that they, that they were not white supremacists, that they wanted separatism and they wanted uh, self-determination. They felt that white was like any other group. They couldn't celebrate their own culture. And so this is a very different group. At the time, I knew that some of the people who would be attracted to the movement would, would, would also fall into the clutches of the more extreme elements, the ones that are the neo-Nazis, the KKK, those groups. But for the most part, what I warned about and called the new nationalism was new because it was not espousing violence. It was not using racial epithets. It was saying white is like any other group. Whites were being discriminated against. There was no one standing up. All right, doctor, the remedy right has before, to be. Right, doctor, we're coming right up to a break. Isn't that the problem with cable news? We're coming right up to a break. Right.
That lady yeah. had like five minutes to make her point. Right, when she really needs five hours. Yeah. Well, that was pretty interesting. So I found that really interesting, you know, that she, you know, as a black woman, took took a, took interest in it and watched yeah. it and studied it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and it just shows the, the slippery slope, you know. You, do you ever, did you ever see the movie American History X? No. Oh, Isn't my gosh. Isn't that the one about Malcolm X? No. Oh. It's got um, Ed Norton's in it. Oh, is that the one where he has a split personality? Nope. Oh, never mind. That's that's uh, Fight Club. <laughs> no, no, no. There's <laughs> another movie where he has a split personality. Oh, I didn't know he did more movie like that. Um, no, it, it was basically um, about a white supremacist group in California and how he got sucked into it and uh, ended up going to prison for a while. Oh, I think I've seen clips of that. And uh, just I've... a phenomenal movie. He basically changed his ways in prison and, uh, you know, denounced all the white supremacist stuff and tried to, you know, go against it. But uh, it was an amazing movie. Everyone should watch that movie. It's really profound. Um, but um, I find it interesting what she was talking about, um, how basically you know, white people have grievances too. And that was my point with the whole pendulum swinging, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, with affirmative action, stuff like that, there's push and pull. And, uh, not that some of that isn't justified, but it's just, it's so hard to bring groups together. Even today, you know, in 2017, we're still doing this, you know, it's worse now that it's been in a long, long time. I think white people have grievances in society, but do they have any grievances that are unique? Do we have grievances that are unique to us that other people? Oh, absolutely. I think so. Like what? We're, um, well, we're just in a different position. We're in a unique position. Yeah. Um, the whole idea of white guilt or the, trying to push white guilt, you know, like say for well, me. Well, that only bothers you if you let it bother you. Right. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it, I don't lose a wink of sleep. Well, I don't either. And, and that's crap. the way any epitaph is or whatever you want to call it. Um, it only has the power you give it, but, but we're in this position where it's like, yeah, a lot, there's a lot of terrible white people in the past, you know, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of terrible people anywhere. Um, you know, Genghis Khan, you know, he wasn't white and he mm-hmm. was a conqueror, you know, but anyways, um, and they were white enslaved. I and mean, no one talks about the enslaved Irish in this country. No one talks about the enslaved Chinese in this country. Well, I mean, I think that uh, when all the times that I was taught about slavery, it was because I was being taught about American history. There were... The 1700s and 1800s. There were Irish slaves sent over in chains to this country from England. Like a few or not, like, not as many, like, like a million or <laughs> I don't know the it, numbers. Wasn't there like 4 million it wasn't, slaves freed? There wasn't after? near as many as African slaves, yeah. but there were, Yeah, you know, I mean, they always say the Irish were the N word of Europe basically because they were trampled on and enslaved and everything. But yeah. So anyways, I do think we're in a unique position because It's so hard to articulate because we don't mess up. We don't mess were, up or Evergreen College you know, is going to come to your house. In general, white people were seen as the, you know, 
the racist or the the oppressor, the overpower, the oppressor, the yeah. perfect word, the oppressor for so long, you know, and we were, and uh, now we're kind of being told we still are, but we really aren't, you know. Yeah. And uh, and there are some things that we there are some grievances we have as far as you know whatever you want to say about affirmative action stuff like that and i'm not saying some of that stuff isn't justified you mm-hmm. know um but but i look at it like me personally i never owned a freaking slave and i wasn't even alive then and Don't any black lie. person alive today never was a slave and um well, not in this country anyways. So it's, it's, I don't know. I don't here's know what, what the I, solution is. Here's, I, don't, I, I think I know what you're trying to hit on. And uh, I think that the cause of it is that my grandfather, your grandfather, his grandfather go back farther and farther and farther. I don't know. You said you had some Indian in you. So I don't know if that grandfather would count, but all your white grandfathers had it's not unreasonable to assume they had some prosperity and freedom and education, or at least they had the option to get that. Right. So I don't know how far back that goes for me. So you could say like generations and generations and generations, these families get to build themselves up. And so we benefit from that when we're born, uh, today, uh, because our families are stable and have some wealth and we just have better odds of being successful. Whereas, uh, slavery was ended in the 1860s, but even just back to the 1950s, like there's a lot of places where black people just started being able to get on their Slave, feet and build slavery up families. Ended, but oppression didn't. They just started being able to build up wealth and get education right. and all this. So like we have like generations to, to, uh, yes. Make us it, that's a super valid point. Yeah. And, and, and so they might still be feeling the, uh, the effects of the past, even though uh, the effects of white people from the past. And, uh, maybe sometimes they make the mistake of just blaming all white people who ever lived. Right. And that's, you know, that's just as ignorant as anyone hating every black person, you yeah. know. Any, there shouldn't be hate for anyone mm-hmm. because of the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. You know, as Martin Luther King Jr. said, you know, a man should be judged by the contents of his character. And that's absolutely true. That's a that's great that's thing that he said. beautiful things ever yes. said by any person. Um, it's one of the truest but I grew things. Up, I grew up freaking dirt, dirt poor, man. Mm-hmm. We my family struggled to make it. I grew up in Arkansas and we moved to Oklahoma because my dad was always trying to make more money, try to find a better job to provide for us, you know, and then we moved up here to Washington and I mean, hell we've, I've slept in shelters, man, you know, and to say I have white privilege. I mean, if I, if I do, I haven't seen it in any quantifiable way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, now, is there white privilege? You know, are there... I would say yes, but I would also caveat with it's more of a class privilege. What do you mean? Uh, upper white class. Oh, yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? 
Whereas, you know, you start getting into CEOs and the 1% and stuff, and you start seeing more and more old white Rockefellers, men. Rockefellers, uh, you know. Yeah, you stop seeing minorities the wealthier you go. Right. Yeah. In general. Yeah, that's true. But they, they're they just as oppressive to, to poor yeah, white I people as them. they are. <laughs> well, they're just, a, you know, they're just as oppressive to poor white people as they were. Yeah, I don't trust them. To any minority. And I'm as white as it gets. It just, minority had the added burden of it being because of the color of their skin also, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I think white privilege, I've been actually thinking about this a little bit lately and looking out for it in everyday life, like what is white privilege? And I think, uh, like, one example I could think of is like, when I'm walking along at night, if I'm walking out at night and uh, uh, a cop drives past me and slows down and looks at me, he ain't going to talk to me. He ain't going to ask me where I'm coming from. He's not going to ask me where I'm going. He's not going to search me. Or if he does, it's real brief. Yeah, he's probably not going to, though. Right. If you're a black person, he I, he might he might do that. Yeah, I can't argue that. Yeah, he, he might do that, you know. Uh, I can't argue that. And that's actually not just uh I uh I have a coworker, his name is Jerome, and he's really cool. He's a black dude and uh he was telling me that he uh he was telling me about how our uh, our work is in Milton and he got pulled over in Milton one day and uh I don't remember what the circumstances of it were, but like he wasn't doing anything. It was just a black dude getting pulled over for driving while black. D W B. Yeah, I I mean unless he was omitting something from the story. That's got to be happening. I don't deny that that yeah. happens at all. Yeah. And uh that's the only I mean that's, that's the terrible. main thing I can think That's absolutely of. terrible. I know. To not be able to I mean it's, you can make the argument if you're dressed like a punk, you know. If a white kid's walking <laughs> down the street dressed like a punk. Do you he's remember a punk, do you, you remember know? when Trayvon You could make that argument, but <laughs> Yeah, no one should walk down the street in fear of anything because of the color of their skin. Do Anywhere. You, do you remember when Trayvon Martin got shot and everybody mm -hmm. on Fox News was like, well, he was wearing a hoodie. Maybe you shouldn't be wearing hoodies. Right, People right. need to stop wearing hoodies. These right. hoodies will get you killed. Oh, oh what are cops to do? They see a guy wearing a hoodie and they empty the clip. What are they going to do? Yeah, don't come to Washington. <laughs> That's the Washington raincoat is the hoodie oh, sweatshirt. You know? Freaking hoodies. Yeah, I, that's... That's got to be happening. I don't see how it's not. Yeah, you know, that's that's the that's the best uh, case for white privilege. I yeah, can, that I, I can think of. I could I could see that for yeah. sure. Um, and then, like I said, like generations of accumulated wealth and uh, education and stuff. Well, then, so then we can get into the whole world of the people that play on that. You know, to agitate groups. Yeah, like when she was talking about the rise of the alt white and or the she was calling it the new nationalist, white nationalist. Um, and she mentioned in there how some of them got sucked into the extreme to the KKK and stuff because they were, because of the young people were feeling these grievances and stuff. So there are people that prey on that, you know, KKK sees it. Are you a young white, you know, are you a young white male that's tired of, you know, being, tossed aside because of affirmative action will join our group you know and then there's the same on the other side or any other side yeah you know plus i never see anybody like 
like, for example, the dude who drove the car into all those people in Charlottesville, I never see anyone like that, like an extreme, disgusting white supremacist, and go, that guy has a lot going for him. Wow, I can't believe... No, it's always some weirdo. It's it's kind of the whole, what do they say about gangs? You know, it's they recruit people that have a poor family life or they're on the streets, you know? Yeah. They're not going to, you know recruit ceos of microsoft or anything like that you know yeah um they're playing on people's grievances and and it's terrible we should all be you know discussing grievances as a whole you know we should all be free we should all be um tolerant of each other and truly tolerant that's why i said like i don't know that there's any grievances that are uh like truly truly unique to one race like uh poverty you were saying that uh you know there's plenty of poor white people i mean Mm, i think black people have some pretty unique grievances yeah uh maybe i think any grievances we have that are unique and and when i say they're unique it doesn't mean that they're just as bad as yeah just different any other minority just not shared they're just different yeah I I certainly don't think any any ill that has ever been directed at me, I will never equate it with ill that's been done to someone else. You know, I it's wonder, just you it it's unique to me and my situation I, or whatever. The point I wanted to make is like I wonder if people who voted for Trump uh just uh heard, you know, people like Hillary Clinton saying talking about the grievances of black people and then went, Hey, us over here we have that problem too. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and that's I what I said. If that might have been part when of he it. got elected. The, one of the first things I said was, "Trump got elected because we're all sick of being told we're bigots, racist bigots all the time." You know, and that's one thing I've dealt with. Is as soon as someone learns that I'm from the South, I'm automatically viewed as a as a racist. Oh, you must be a redneck, hillbilly, backwoods, racist son of a bitch. Do you, you know? think redneck is an offensive term? Uh, it's definitely used as an offensive term by certain people, for sure. Yeah. Okay. That 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 was my question. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> so yeah, but that's that. I fully believe that's why Trump got elected. I don't think anyone that really supported him actually hundred percent believed in him. I think it was because we got sick and tired of getting beat down for just being. A person, you know, and there's plenty of white people that are great to everyone else. I also think that Hillary Clinton had no charisma. Yeah, she definitely had her flaws. Her too. slogan was, at least I'm not crazy. Yeah. And it turns out that's not enough. Yeah. And well, which yeah. I was a little surprised. I thought it would be, to be honest. She. Yeah, whatever. That's a whole other discussion. Yeah, that whole situation. Sure. But um, but yeah, I definitely feel like you know being labeled as a bigot and stuff just out of out of just out of the thin air almost you know and it's it seemed like it really started with um the gay rights movement and stuff like that and and again they obviously have grievances they've you know lgbtq or whatever the group is now they've definitely been discriminated against throughout history Mm mm-hmm and uh, but they they just automatically throw lump everyone, you know, into racist bigots or the well, basket of deplorables or whatever, you know. I think that 
there probably is a good amount of homophobia in the Bible Belt, which happens to be in the South. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's a religious thing that happens to be very um, prevalent in the South. Well, it's kind of like... Um, I had a girlfriend one time that was had it for some reason she got the idea that I was cheating on her and she was just accusing me and looking through my phone and all the time just over and over and over again and it got to the point where I was like man I might as well just go sleep with other chicks I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting beat down for it anyway yeah you know it almost made drove me to it, it almost caused me to I've heard other Be people angry, say stuff, stuff like, like that. that before too. Um, I've heard this. So it's kind of that same people. mentality. It's like you just get, I mean, obviously it doesn't drive you into being a cheater or into being a bigot. But it's sort of like, well, fuck it. But shit, I'm getting labeled for it. I might as well do something yeah. about it, you know? Yeah. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's just... There's so much misconception and I wonder why the South is so religious. I don't know. The whole country was at one point. Yeah, that's true. Um People view the South as backward in a lot of ways they are behind the times, you know, in areas. Yeah. Just because of economic status and stuff like that. Um, any rural area, even like developments in technology takes a while to get there. You know, so do, so do yeah. ideas about anything. Well, also some people are just happy like that. Yeah. Being in a rural area. I mean, oh, absolutely. There's a lot of people who just don't want to be in a city. I don't. It doesn't necessarily make you stupid. No, no. Yeah. And I think a lot, you know, that's changing in a lot of ways because of technology and Yeah, I feel like stuff. more and more people are getting tired of technology as we get we more definitely used need to, to it. We definitely need to pull back on yeah. a lot of areas. This, Good uh, luck. <laughs> shrinking our attention span is... There's been I times... I think we're going to see some pretty, pretty dire consequences to it someday. Maybe not dire, but we're going to see some consequences. Well, I think you're already seeing people not be able generations. to interact with each other socially. Absolutely. I mean, and you're getting guys, I, I think guys are getting kind of creepier and more predatory, you know, which is probably because of porn and yeah. TV and movie culture where women are, you know, um, just goals. There's like the goal is just to sleep with women and stuff like that. Um, and like, but see, there's stuff like James Bond, and you know, and I love James Bond, but stuff uh, in that kind of spirit. But there's another area where, um, people are just like men are just pigs, you know. How men, dare you? Men will sleep with anything that you walks, son you know. Of a bitch. And there are guys like that. Absolutely, <laughs> there are. I'm not oh, like yeah. that. I'm. I'm. <laughs> I couldn't be more against that. I am a one woman man. I don't. You know, and the, so I don't know, I don't know what the point of that was, but <laughs> that's just another area where it's a stereotype, you know, and what, what have we always been told about stereotypes? They're bad. They perpetuate whatever God, some bad of them situation. are sure true though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I won't get into which ones are true, yeah. but <laughs> so I don't, I don't know 
God, it just sucks. Yeah. It just sucks. I wish, wish people could sit down and talk and actually, you know, like the whole statue issue again. So then have a conversation about it. Don't just start pulling them down, which is actually federally yeah. illegal, by the way. They're, in 1958, it was signed into Congress that any Confederate veteran is considered a U.S. veteran. Therefore, they're all protected under the, all monuments are protected under the same as any other war memorial. Yeah, that might need to be revised, though. Uh, I, I disagree. What if Germany had that policy? <laughs> yeah, we're not Germany. No, of course not. But it doesn't, I just don't think you should go start tearing them down. I think you should have, like I said, there should be a conversation about it. Make, make compromises. You yeah. Know? But yeah, no I, one wants to compromise anymore. I mean, I definitely think a museum would be reasonable. There's so much of, um, on both sides, left and right, there's so much of you think my way or you're wrong. You know, mm. there's no, okay, I can see your point, but I disagree. And this is why, you know, there's none mm. of that anymore. It's so extreme. Well, part of that, the, at least what's in the spotlight is that way. I think the blame for that goes to our leaders. I mean, Oh, absolutely. Bored. Politicians have been playing the dichotomy on each other since day one you know i mean you know hillary clinton said that everybody uh who's gonna vote for trump is deplorable and trump says that everybody who's against him is a sad loser exclamation mark all right all right and it's the dichotomy it's left versus right there's no other way to think you know it's like if you told someone you're voting libertarian oh you're just throwing your vote away Mm -hmm. why would you do that why Mm -hmm. would you have any any other th- thought, you know, any other thought on the subject, any other way of thinking. It's sort of like privacy rights. It's sort of like, you know, the government tries to get more of our information and we're like, wait, that's not cool. And they're like, well, wait, look over here. Terrorism, terrorism right. over here. Right. You know, it's not safe. Yep. Quick, look over here. It's a huge. Uh, well, I I fully think a dis, you know a distracted and divided um, public is easy to control. What <laughs> you keep you keep people divided, they're easier to control. You know, there's more laws getting passed and stuff. That was just a bad joke because you said distracted, and I said what distracted? What? <laughs> huh? I don't get it. So. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. I you mentioned Joe Rogan earlier. I love listening to him because he'll sit down and talk to anyone. Uh-huh. And have a long drawn out conversation about it and actually get somewhere on stuff. Yeah. He said he would talk to Kellyanne Conway. Who is she? The blonde lady who was speaking for Trump. Oh, that's and right. And then she got in trouble that's right, for yeah. saying alternative facts. Yeah. And we started to see less of her and now she just goes on Fox News. God, I just I don't watch it all anymore, hardly. <laughs> it's like... I don't know who's who anymore. I just can't do it anymore. I don't know how many times I've seen her like on on CNN with like Jake Tapper and Anderson Cooper, and it's like, why do you guys even bother anymore? Yeah. Why? It's the same stuff. Why? It's ba 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 Yeah, and it's too much of... Um, like that clip you played was good, but you can't actually get anywhere in six minutes. 
And that's the most that anybody, that's why alternative media is becoming so popular. Yeah, you never reach, you know, an understanding with sound bites. No, you don't. Imagine if you and I had, had to tried to have this conversation in six minutes. Well, actually, look at the time. No, I'm just <laughs> actually, we have to cut to a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For our fake sponsors. And, you know, all the crap on the media and stuff like that. If you actually go out and talk to people, the majority of people you talk to are damn good people. And it's, and we should do more of that. We should just, you know, I work, when I'm working all day, I make deliveries, so do you. And you, you meet different people all day long. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I talk to tons of people every day. And everyone's cool, you know. Mm-hmm. No one hates each other. Uh, I talk to a lot of shitty people. Do you? But a lot of them are okay, too. I, well, I do talk to some other truck drivers and stuff. I talk to some pretty horrendous people. <laughs> you know. and But you know what I do? I That person is that person that goes through one ear and out the other. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't. I would condemn people on stuff if I needed to, but there's a time and place, you know. I've just been noticing a lot of crazy people lately. Like, they not, might not actually be crazy, but they act crazy. Yeah. It's like psychotic anger. Like yesterday I came back into my store and there was a guy who was uh, a truck driver unloading a bunch of stuff. And uh, I didn't say a word to him, but I had like a cart that I was pulling through. And uh, he points to like this big mess of stuff that he put in the the hallway, basically blocking. And he's just like, you're not going to like it over there. But if anybody says anything, I don't work for you guys. I'm with you and not for you, but that's none of your problem. And I was just like, wow, what? I didn't say a word to him. I was like, I want no, this is not, what the hell? Well, and I know we're getting crazy. And I noticed driving on the road, obviously, but so many people's first reaction to something is just instant anger and outrage. That's me, you know, on the road. There's no like. But I like to think it's justified. When I'm trying to back <laughs> my truck and trailer into a dead end road or something, you know, people are flailing their arms, honking their horn and yeah. stuff. Instead of waiting two seconds, yeah. I'm in a truck, man. I got to back up. Oh know? yeah, I got to do my that's, job. Yeah, that's I. I remember I was at, down by the port of Tacoma where there's all kinds of uh, industrial facilities, and there was a guy backing in, and I was like, "Well, yes, I have to wait," and I just sat there. Right. So he's backing up this. Well, everyone's so stressed and like what do they want you to do i mean there's hardly you hardly ever find a relaxed human anymore you know not unless they're on opioids that's sad (laughs) yeah well there's a whole other subject now they can go shoot up in front of a nurse you know yeah for real or they're pretty close to it before the end of the year they want to have it done yeah (laughs) but um so i don't know i don't know how long we've been talking but yeah, how long have we been going? Like an hour and a half, I think. Is it? Yeah, that's pretty good. So I don't know if we've gotten anywhere, but... I think we did. Uh, I was surprised to hear you say that you would uh, concede to have those uh, statues put in a museum, but that wouldn't really bother you all that much. Right. Well, it's history. History belongs in a museum, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and I'm not saying you should take down Washington statue and put that in a museum, too, or whatever, um, 
some people are starting to say that though. There was a pastor that was calling for, there's a George Washington park in Chicago mm-hmm. and there was a uh, pastor that was calling for, there's a statue of him on a horse in the park for taking that down and renaming the park because he was a slave owner. Well, at least so who's to say his arguments any different than, yeah, it's not really, I mean, you know, it's just, it would be very inconvenient because we've plastered that guy's face all over everything. Right. And he's revered and he's honored, you know. Yeah. But he was a slave owner. And we've gotten used to him, too. And, uh, you know, and then there's a whole issue of what happened to Native Americans through all oh, this. Oh, they got you know. so screwed. That's a whole I mean, <laughs> that's that's poor a, people. That's a whole other show we can do. We could totally do a show on that. Yes. I would love to actually. I, I love would. Native American culture and Yeah. I one think they my, had it right. One of my favorite I have several favorite people in my life. Um growing up my idol was always Henry Ford and um Martin Luther King Junior and Edward S. Curtis. Have you ever heard of him? Mm mm. He was a Seattle man um, back in the 1800s, and he was a photographer. And he saw Native American culture disappearing rapidly, and he he, um, just got really passionate about, he traveled the country and visited all sorts of different tribes, any any that he could find, and he would photograph them, and he would talk to them and get their stories and stuff, and he documented it. And he's actually got, he had a big, he was commissioned by, I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was National Geographic or something to put together this. It's kind of like a photographic encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. I'd have to look it up, the name of his works. But I've always wanted to get that and look through it. Hell yeah. But he single-handedly preserved Native American culture for so many tribes that mm. would have been lost without him. Nice. He's, it's like, why don't we learn about him in school? You know? I There's, don't know. There's a uh, documentary on Netflix called, um, uh, what is it called? Coming to Light, I believe, or something like that. Into the Light or Coming to Light, and it's it's about him. It's about mm. his whole story, and it's pretty amazing, man. Yeah. And then, oh, and I wanted to bring up a point about the Henry Ford, about Henry Ford. I watched a video the other day and learned a bunch of new stuff about Henry Ford that I didn't know about, and like I said, he was like my idol when I was a kid, so I read several biographies mm-hmm. on him and stuff like that. I was just fascinated with how mm-hmm. he, he didn't invent the car, but he pretty much made the car, you know, mm-hmm. what it is today. And, um, but I found out recently that he was, so everything I read, he was a corn farmer from Michigan. And uh, then I even started finding out that his initial intention was for his cars to be powered on ethanol because he was a corn farmer, you know, and he could make ethanol. And, um, so that was pretty interesting to find out. And then just recently in the past couple of weeks, I started finding out more and more about him. He was also a hemp farmer. And some of the first Model T's he made, the body panels were made out of hemp plastic in the 20s. Mm-hmm. And there's footage of him yeah, beating on it with a hammer, the hammer. And it's, you know, not denting and not yeah. breaking. And he also powered the cars with hemp fuel. And... um so of course hemp was hemp and marijuana was demonized and I wonder though like made how, illegal how efficient would hemp fuel be you know so like, well but my I have point a hard time believing was, that there's no reason that we use oil 
rather than uh, like you said, I can he get into that engines. I can get in that. That were supposed to run on corn. Like I have a hard time believing that f- there's not a reason we use fossil fuels rather I, than corn can, oil and water and da da da. I'll get in that in just a second. But my point about the Henry Ford thing was, I, I diligently studied that. I mean, I was a kid, so I didn't look into it that far. But I eagerly studied him, and um went looking for information on him and I never once read anything about hemp or anything like that. So it kind of shows how things are scrubbed mm. or if not scrubbed from history, just not included, mm-hmm. you know? So even, you know, who knows what we don't know about, you know, anything in the in yeah. American history or world history, obviously. That's why as an adult, I find history so interesting is because I don't know any of it. I haven't heard any of it. Oh, I love history. I hear all kinds of things and I'm like, what? That happened? Yeah. What? So, but the hemp fuel thing, like Adolf Diesel made his, his engines to run on peanut oil and hemp oil. And, um, and then apparently so did Henry Ford, ethanol or hemp. Hemp oil, or he the certainly used it in construction. Speed of two miles an hour. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> like what's the reason that they didn't that that didn't become mass because produced? they were they were crushed by Standard Oil and the Rockefellers. Standard Why? Oil had like, a huge Standard Oil was a huge lobbyist in alcohol prohibition in the twenties. Uh, it's because that's when cars were first starting to be mass produced, and and they were just they were just coming up. Yeah. And he owned Standard Oil and they were finding that you could refine and make gasoline out of it and run cars on it. And so he wanted everything to run on gas. Well, he crushed his competition with the help of the government, by the way. Um, and oil was so easily available there. And there, there were places where oil was literally bubbling out of the ground. Yeah. And, um, and it was easy and oil is still relatively easy. I mean, to meet our oil demands today to grow biofuels w- would be massive. Yeah. Um, it would probably, I feel like it would probably create more pollution than <laughs> it would. Uh, well, but imagine where we'd be if we were de- on that path the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, some of the first cars were electric cars. Imagine how electric technology would have changed, you know, or evolved. But, I don't know. I've driven electric cars and I don't like them because I always feel like they've, uh, broken down whenever i come to a stoplight <laughs> i've never driven one <laughs> my mom has one that's part electric part normal yeah and every time i stop it shuts off and i'm like oh crap that like would my be stomach weird. drops every time and i'm like oh yeah i'm driving a uh semi go-kart <laughs> that would be really weird yeah or a golf cart but just you know again when i when i was learning that a couple weeks ago that just kind of opened my eyes like there's so much ignorance to history. And again, I'm definitely no expert and there's, I want to know it all though. Mm-hmm. I would love to, but what is, what is being held from us? And, and again, how are we ever going to heal from anything without truth? It's like when, like I if think you go to a, that like they say you have to hit rock bottom or, you know, you have to come to terms with everything. You have to go past denial of whatever before you can actually get over it and heal. And I feel like that's the way for society too. How are we actually going to fully heal over something if we don't, you know, if people aren't being played up on this side or played up on that side or 
kept this fact from this part of the story or whatever, you know? I think that is a part of the problem, but I, I think a bigger part of the problem is the identity politics and the the team mentality. Absolutely. Because then you don't even worry like said, about what the facts are. It's a dichotomy, right it's or left. Just, right or left. The right wants these statues up, so automatically the left doesn't. Which isn't to say that one person isn't right and one person isn't wrong, but the, you don't have to examine the facts when you think like that. Again, sit down and talk about it, you know. Come to some agreements, some compromises. Mm-hmm. And by the way, YouTube comments don't count. <laughs> yeah, 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 because those don't get out of hand at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> some of the worst things oh, I've ever Lord. read have been on YouTube. I was watching, I watch a lot of <laughs> uh, videos because I'm converting our school bus, you know. So I watch a lot of videos on people that have converted vans and stuff like that. And I was watching one, this couple had a uh, Volkswagen bus. And they were a younger couple, and the and the gal was, you know, she was attractive. She was good looking. And I started looking down through the comments, and oh, my God. Oh, Oh, Jesus. what I wouldn't do to her, and blah, oh. blah, blah. And I was like, man, why, if I was that dude, I would disable comments and right away. And then, like, 300 likes on those creepy comments, right. too. Oh, probably. Like, oh, yeah, wow, we I all got, feel this way. That's... I actually got creeped out and stopped reading. Yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> I mean... It was pretty graphic, too. Or, like, uh, a lot of guitar videos, how-to guitar videos, or, like, watch me play this solo. There will always be, like, one guy who's like, his timing was way off. Right. His guitar was out of tune. And it's, like, some amazing video. <laughs> it's like, really? I would love to just appear in your house and watch you do it better. Yeah, <laughs> that guy would probably, you know, criticize Beethoven or something. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> oh, that... That high E string in the middle of the piano was out of tune, man. What the hell? His finger positioning was just awful. You know, on the forty seventh note, his you know his timing was about two beats off. Terrible. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I I just think more more discussion with people and uh, actual discussion, and you know. I don't, it's hard because no one's got time to sit down with and how are you going to sit down with a stranger and just start talking about this stuff? Yeah. I don't know. I've, I get, I get mad about stuff and I get worked up and, um, and I fell for a lot of political crap over the past year or so, but I've kind of come to a realization in the past couple of months that it's, I got to let go of that crap, man. I can't change stuff. I mean, if there is something I can change or or influence, I will do it. But mm-hmm. I can't let that stuff get to me, man. Yeah, I stopped listening to the news. Really, like oh, I'll listen too. to it like once a week just to see if North Korea is going to kill us. But I don't listen to like what Trump said today. Right, I don't care. So I listen to ninety-seven three um, a lot. Yeah, when me I'm too. And I'll uh, you know, in some of the shows, the John and Curly show, like. I don't really care for those guys. I like Dorian Monson a lot, but 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 CBS News at top of every hour will mm-hmm. will do like the headlines of the mm-hmm. day, and that's all I need, man. Yeah, I don't need for sure. I don't need everyone's commentary on stuff. Well, I love that. Did you hear what Dorian Monson wants to do with the Seattle City Council? The, RVs? the Seattle City Council wants to make it legal for homeless people to park RVs wherever they want. So Dory Monson is saying, uh, who's a popular radio host, is saying that if they do legalize that, then he and uh, he's going to make sure he has all their addresses and he's going to make sure that 
at least one RV is parked in front of the Seattle City Council members' homes. That's awesome. Uh, it's the greatest thing <laughs> well, I've ever heard. But he, uh, he had a flood of listeners volunteering, like guys listening or tow truck drivers are like, yes. I'll tow them to, I'll, yes. yeah, tell me where to pick them up and where to drop them off, yes. you know? And people are saying, oh, I've got a crap, I've got an RV on my property that doesn't run. You can come get I it. I love it. It's all yours. I come get it. it. Yep. Don't just make it legal for the rest of us. Make it legal for you, too. Yeah. Yeah. How about pick up all the needles on the street and dump it in their yard? Yeah, see how you like it when it's actually in front of you. Yeah. Yep. Well, what do you want to talk about next time? <laughs> there should be a little more of that, I think. Um, I don't know. Let's pick another topic. Let's do this again. I, I, I'm digging it. All right. Right I'm on. digging it. Me too. So, all right. Well, this has uh, been Nathan and... I was never given a name. <laughs> a, a boy has no name. <laughs> Troy. <laughs> and Troy. Um, yeah. Talk to you later, folks. Bye.